Banter Banter, back again. Manny, my co-host, and I, Mike, are going to start today off with what I would classify as not an old enough to drink movie, but a movie I should have a drink because that's how old it is. We watched the trailer for the movie Hackers. Boy, what a trailer that was. Oh, goodness. I was starting to think that you were suggesting that you wanted to take a drink because of the premise of it. It's almost like a lower stakes Matrix. Well, it was before the Matrix, and they were only using 14-4 dial-up. Woo! Blazing fast. So one might say it's sort of like a proto-Matrix? That's where I would go with this. The more entertaining focus that I have is the things they were using computers to do back then. Hack in, building giant databases, but they're like visually surfing through the internet. And the graphics were wild. Definitely things that could have been created by a computer later on, but not at that current technology. At the same time, it's also insane to think about how fast and crazy that stuff was that they were working on during the 90s. So just to prepare anyone who is listening to this and thinking, hey, you know, anything that the Banter Boys decide to talk about is probably worth a look at. Just kind of be ready for your usual heavy spoonful of sci-fi. To come in with that little bit of hacker premise in there. I enjoyed the, honey, what are you doing? Just breaking into a bank. Yeah. And I guess it's something that still happens, but it's that movie type of hacker. The guy who just indiscriptly sits at their computer just like clacking away. You don't know what they're doing, but it looks really important. If you ever watch their fingers, like, they are not actually typing anything. They're just mashing. You know what it reminds me of is anytime they have, like, that sort of B-roll add-on footage that they sell for whoever to use, or when they take photographs of people playing video games, what they're doing, I don't feel is congruent to anything that I've ever seen a game require of somebody. So it's the same thing in this movie, just, yeah, their hands are flying, and I'm sure if somebody managed to up some footage from this trailer or the film in general and figure out what keys they were hitting, it would make no sense. What if they were actually typing all of the works of William Shakespeare? The premise is, if you put a bunch of monkeys in a room with typewriters, at some point, you will end up with the complete works of William Shakespeare. I think maybe we were watching different trailers. By theory, these monkeys could also be typing us... William. (laughs) William Birkin? William Tell. Watch out for that apple. Ah, he's like the British George of the Jungle. Watch out for that apple. Ah! And then he gets shot in the head. Now, I gotta say, I enjoyed 
watching this trailer because I definitely remember thinking that movie was super awesome when it came out. The cast, Angelina Jolie was in there. Johnny Lee Miller, who I know mostly from one of his later works, Elementary, as well as Eli Stone. There's some fantastic people in here. Matthew Lillard, who's been in several other movies, such as Scooby-Doo. So, because this movie pushed the idea that computers were a big part of the plot structure and storyline, I am amazed at how much has changed with technology since... If we go back to the generic computer timeline, like the 70s is when computers first came out, but they were not accessible to most average individuals. 90s, you kind of have a stronger proliferation of them as they've now been interjected into schools. To now, where we have a 1990s computer in the palm of your hand, and that's like a 2000 Nokia, because it still works. And Snake is amazing. You mean from Metal Gear Solid? Yes. You're right. It is a mark of the era because computers by that point became a lot more common. And I think at that point it was a big flight of fancy to kind of try and make a larger story out of it. And kind of blow it out of proportion the way they did. It was interesting. It's a Robin Hood sort of story where... Here's these guys who kind of dick around the internet doing their magic sci-fi hacking until they hack the wrong guy who has this plot to essentially hold the world hostage for a lot of money. So you mean this is the Matthew Broderick 1983 movie War Games? Where he accidentally finds a computer that is about to play nuclear war with him? No, it's more like Matthew Broderick is the guy who's trying to kill the world with the computer he found. But then he tries to scapegoat some other kids who just enjoy magic hacking on their computers until they cross him. And then he tries to scapegoat them and it doesn't work. And Angelina Jolie is contractually obligated to be nude or imply nudity on various scenes. So nobody is the sausage king of Chicago in this movie. Ah, uh, well, you know, hey, uh, it happens. But they do end up saving themselves and the world from a terrorist act of sinking several giant oil container ships. Yeah, and I definitely like the visuals in it, too. They were usually, at least growing up, I remember by the time I was kind of really, really getting into sci-fi, everything had taken that darker aesthetic to it, so it was really refreshing to look back at this when things were still a little more brightly colored, a little bit more fluorescent. Which is kind of what we circled back to, if you think about it. Yeah, color is definitely a, a big thing, and it's almost... We can dive into a separate topic about how certain trends are clearly cyclical over 
larger time frames of multiple years, decades and such. But the progress that has been made with technology is really interesting. These guys in the movie use computers to do a lot of things. And now we can put together our own computer. So what I went and did was I needed a little help because I considered making some upgrades and I wanted to see if WikiHow could give me some insight. We all know WikiHow is the vault of knowledge that will help answer or clarify any question or quandary you might ever have. It is. So let us open the vault of WikiHow. I punched into WikiHow computer. Uh-oh. Because I wanted to see what all was available for computers. And first, I have to say, a lot of the links, super helpful, great information. Some of the other ones, I'm curious as to what is being promoted. Like, one of the ones that I came across... How to install old PC games on a new computer. DOSBox. And I'm thinking to myself, are they promoting piracy? Wait a minute, Wiggy. I don't know if we could be doing something like that. I mean, not if you own a physical copy of the game. You did pay for it. And therefore, you should be able to take that upgraded copy at any process available to you right it's like they say at the beginning of a movie screening or at least they used to back in the day you wouldn't steal a car you wouldn't download a car would you yes yes i would i would download a lamborghini and then build it let me take a short segue and i promise i won't drive this one for too many miles but oh well, with Lambo, you're not going to get a lot of miles to the gallon, so it's going to be a short trip. Out of respect, let's say out of the argument, if energy in the universe had to balance out and a car was taken away from somewhere else in order for you to download it, okay, maybe, then I can see the argument standing up. Maybe I wouldn't download a car. But in reverse, corporation, you wouldn't then show up to somebody who paid for that car and say, oh, you know, they've kind of upgraded the roads and everything and a lot has changed. So this car is no longer supported. And they take away your 1981 Thunderbird that your pops gave you as a project car that was a little ratty to begin with, but, you know, you poured thousands of dollars into restoring and making real nice. They have no right to do that. And paying for that awesome eagle or phoenix on the front hood. I know, reupholstering the inside, interior, crocodile, alligator. Big round baby seal eyes for headlights, I know. Oh wait, this isn't a Chevrolet movie theater. Right, you wouldn't expect the manufacturer of the car to just be like, oh, you can't use this anymore. So, why would they do that with your game? So yes, this wiki how might have some information that's worthwhile. 
Well, I have heard of a little place that is in a bay. And, you know, when you are uh, a captain of a vessel wanted by many people, maybe you hang out there. Look at me. Look at me. (laughs) I play the retro games now. (laughs) Another one that I was a little intrigued by was first the how to connect your printer to your computer because i do remember when i was in high school the joke email chains that would go out and one of them was the transcribed phone calls of it support of people calling in And the one that has always stuck with me is the caller one. My computer can't see the printer, but I've put the printer right in front of the monitor. Why can't it see the printer? It's right there. Oh, I'm sorry, sir and or ma'am. I don't think that this support line can help you. It seems we've run into an ID10T error. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Have you tried turning it off and turning it back on? Is it plugged in? Legitimately, you'd be surprised how many times that'll fix a locked up program or some electronics. Just kind of clear the cache a little bit. And a lot of people who call these helplines, or who used to, I guess it's not as many people anymore, just people who are stuck in their ways. But yeah, typically people who don't think of that as a valid option, I guess don't appreciate the possibility of a fresh restart clearing up whatever got it locked up in the first place. You know, maybe it's valid. One of the wikihows that I was the most entertained by was the how to password protect your Windows computer. Because I think to myself, What a wonderful world. And that's actually the password I write all the time, is What a Wonderful World by Led Zeppelin. Because then people won't ever get my password. Do you also add by Led Zeppelin? Maybe. Maybe I do. Oh, wait, I just burned what you were going to change it to, huh? Oh. Now I'm going to have to come up with something completely different. That's okay, because the WikiHow kind of goes through the steps. It also... Tells you a few passwords that you shouldn't pick, like old password, or what they wrote is enter a good hint here. That's probably not the password you should have, because you're going to give that hint away when it asks you for your hint, because I put a good hint here. And nowadays, we also have a lot of interesting services that I won't name because Maybe one day we'll be good enough podcast boys that they will pay us to utter their names. That auto-generate passwords and do kind of like this password vault for you. I've seen a few in action and they do tend to just kind of throw what I would call a a stir-fry of characters at whatever the password field is. Oh, how interesting. I like that. And it provides a service to maintain all of the ones that you've created with them? Yes, it will autofill them. 
But if you are trying to log in on a device that doesn't have that installed in your account for you, you can just look at them. But then normally, since most people tend to do like phrases or things that make sense to them, it's a little bit harder to transpose that password because it is just a jumble of characters. Yes, I do remember seeing one that we had generated and it there's no way I would ever remember that. It's like, what is this supposed to be? All my passwords are about the Chicago Bears. I would have to intentionally memorize that password because it was like 22 characters long and it was literally like they used the shift key. They were pulling out letters with tildes on top of them and whatnot. They were using hand destruction and pot of greed to mill through their deck, <laughs> hoping to get the last piece of exodia. <laughs> All while going, Beyblade, go! Oh, yeah. But then mom gets angry because you used your metal Beyblades in the bathtub and stripped the paint off of it. Ugh, you should never do that. That's the worst option ever. I know, but bathtubs are like the best duel arena for Beyblades. It's got like that one danger zone in the drain. Because <laughs> the Beyblades aren't small enough to fall into the drain and get lost. But if they fall into it, they get stuck and that's it. You, The other guy wins. It's like the best Beyblading. <laughs> you got to watch out for those pogs that come falling in. Because they just have to slam you real hard and boom, you just lost half your stack. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Worked hard for those cardboard circles. Or if you're trying to make your own and trying not to get sued by whoever still sits on that ancient right to that product name, Milk Caps. <laughs> milk Caps? Yeah, that's the generic name for pogs that aren't pog brand pogs. Interesting. Okay, okay. The, get the knockoffs. Nobody will know except for strong, hardcore connoisseurs. Hopefully we can maybe get in on the ground floor and start coining the popular term for that. Just in case the owner of the Pog brand decides to shut down, which I guess is by now. I haven't heard it that much, but the popular phrase Poggers, it had a short lifespan and it was kind of tied back to this one streamer who was talking about Pogs at the time. That just kind of caught on fire. And you know how memes go. If they burn hotter and brighter, it's for less time. I think that one maybe went into the sunset. <laughs> but just in case they run into legal issues, milk cappers or something. We could have called them the Icarus of the Pog world. Do you remember the January meme of Bernie Sanders sitting at the inauguration? Yes, I do. That one was a firework of a meme. It rocketed to the moon as if, like Dogcoin, the Dogecoin recently did. Like a hot fire ember. Or like GME did a while back. That too. Burn hot, burn bright, burn out. To reel us back in, I will say that WikiHow came up with some rather viable and successful information. So, Wiki, your vault of information, your vault of data, the amazingness that is 
your random website where it is somewhat free form and anyone can create their own wiki. Well, it's just an endless wealth of images. Correct. And some of those images do not fit with the how-to storyline, but I like them. Two that I think were very helpful. How to clean inside a laptop computer. Because after the past year, a lot of people have been converted over from a desktop that was at the office to a laptop that they took home. And needing to learn how to clean... You mean what corporations said could never be done? No! Oh, we can't make these many people work from home. It's impossible. There's no way that you would actually want to... Oh, wait, you mean you all wanted to do that? Well, um, we'll discuss how we still pay for that place that we've been renting and are in a lease on for another nine years. Um, we got that property for nine, nine more years. So we're going to need to come in, like, at least for a little bit. The climate controlled storage is pretty dirt cheap when you (laughs) rent it for longer amounts of time. It really sucks when somebody closes the deadbolt because, like, The key's on the outside, you can't open the door to get to the outside, to unlock it, to let everybody else out. And when the lights go off, it's really dark. That's why it's really hard for any sort of mail services to find Banter Studios. We only stay in that storage unit for long enough that the owner starts to get suspicious, then we act like, oh, it's time to move all of our crap out, and so... We sneak in in the middle of the night with like empty boxes of stuff and just kind of pat it out. And then we tell the owner that we need to end our lease agreement. And then we move all the empty boxes back into a truck and leave. Somebody's got to stimulate the storage unit market. And if not us, who? Exactly. Use those stimulus checks. Buy property in climate controlled storage units. Prime real estate. Top dollar yeah. for your square footage. It's the best. You already don't have to pay for electricity or air conditioning because it's already part of your rent. And if you can't quite afford the lease for it, then just go ahead and rent it out as an Airbnb. Find a friend, go have these. It's your new business office. And that is a tax deduction. Right. Sort of like a timeshare, except only you and your friend are screwing each other over. Now, you can also make it screw the government over by making it a tax deduction because that square footage is classified as your office. And if you write that on your tax deductions, you will get money back. Don't quote me. I'm not a registered CPA. It also provides how to build a cheap gaming computer, which I think at this point in our environment, that's a pretty... Generic but good thing, like it gives you the rough frameworks on how to select all the parts if you're going to build it from scratch, as well as provides options for pre-built PCs and those price points to make things a little bit better for everybody. So if you think about it, how much technology has changed since the movie Hackers in the mid-90s? with 14.4 dial-up to the late 90s, early 2000s with the faster 
cable internet to now. And our download speeds and the amount of technology and power we can fit into either an actual computer, into a laptop, into a telephone, into a cell phone. The things you can do on your cell phone these days. Nobody considered that. As you have it put into perspective a lot, is that most modern smartphones have more computing processing power and definitely more storage than the first space shuttle that went into orbit. And that's a great way to think about it, because we made it to the moon and back safely using your cell phone. Or if they could have repurposed your cell phone, it would have taken them further. It would have given them more advantages than the glorified, temperature-proof Tupperware container (laughs) that they sent human beings up in. The brave, brave humans that made some amazing things happen for us. I would love for trips to the moon to be a little more commonplace, but, you know, maybe in my lifetime? I don't think so. Unless they figure out how to let me live forever via computers, because, telling you, lifelong dream, man. Live forever. I want to see what happens to humanity. And if it keeps going, I mean, the way that technology keeps advancing exponentially, by the time you and I are geriatric, more geriatric than we already are now, People might look back at the cutting-edge smartphones that we're using and say, why did it have to take up so much space? (laughs) Now it's just something that, I don't know, it's a wearable that you can attach to the back of your fingernail, and it does this like cool Tony Stark-like thing where it projects holograms of all the icons and (laughs) things that you need to navigate. That comment makes me think of two separate things. First, one that... I recently came across, it might have been a repost on Reddit from somebody else, but it was, science, you can't make a Tony Stark suit in your garage. Russian guy. Mmm. Plasma beam goes brrrr. And it's a photo of him shooting, like, two little laser beams out of his palm, cutting a top of a soda can. Oh. Impressive. Granted, his garage is probably decked out like very similar to what you would imagine a young Tony Stark's garage to look like. Lots of metal bits and wires and whatnots just laying around. And doodads. Yeah, you know, generic junk to make it look fancy. Which is how I feel currently as I watch through the late 90s, early 2000s. Star Trek TV series, such as Deep Space Nine, I look at that stuff and I'm like, oh, it's just a piece of plastic with some orange tape to make it light up. Ooh, sci-fi! <laughs> Ooh. Oh, look, Data's head. It's just a few green and red lights that just flash. <laughs> Science! I mean, Hollywood. <laughs> has fun making stuff up the cheaper it is and the more computer gadget techie it looks the better i like it in my movie because it fits the theme although you would have to admit that 
Star Trek kind of was going in the right direction with the idea that people would have palm computers that are multifunctional and multi-purpose. You are correct. There are definitely some things with the concept of what they are portraying have come to fruition, which is a discussion we can have because I do remember reading an article where the topic of the article was how science fiction books, shows, and movies to some extent drive actual technological advances because scientists and science, like, it proliferates information to people and they kind of want these things to come to be. So they might end up finding discoveries that lead to the creation of that specific thing. Things that we humans like, we can teach computers to learn to recognize those things. And an article I recently came across was specifically about a program that has now become available for the Raspberry Pi 4. The Edge Impulse's cloud-based development platform for machine learning. And I know this doesn't sound super amazing in any fashion, because machine learning's kind of old news. It's been around for a while. But I think it being more accessible on the Raspberry Pi, it is a giant step. And the reason I think it's a giant step is the idea of having a computer that you can buy and put together on your own is something that everybody should have. A computer can do so much for you. It can help you learn things and give you access to information that wasn't necessarily available without a computer or a expensive cell phone to give you access to the internet. And that was the thing about the Raspberry Pi Foundation is that they started off with the aim of making a cheap, affordable, but multifunctional small computer. Originally, any model that they made, they aimed for a $35 price point for that base computer. No case, no anything else. Just Ethernet, the base processing chip, HDMI output, and there you go. Its native language is Python. Learn it. Do a thing. And I think that's a great want for humanity in the sense that it makes purchasing things, plugins to make this work really low end. You have a plugin for a monitor, a keyboard, a mouse, and then connecting to a service provider. Now you've got the internet, you can download programs, you can fix it as you want. And I think giving a computer to people that is at a, such a low cost, because all of those peripheries that you need to make the Raspberry Pi function is what you need for a regular computer to function. A laptop's different because the keyboard and the monitor are built into the product itself, but that also limits your interchangeability of the internal parts. Because it's so inexpensive and easily accessible, people have enjoyed the luxury of tweaking it and making it do all sorts of additional things, such as learning 
how to water and turn a light on to keep plants alive. Checking the temperature using a barometer that you can connect to the Raspberry Pi itself, which would require a little extra technical skill because you'd have to do some soldering. But extremely versatile product. Love it. And I think this article about the machine learning can give you even more versatility and help us. And I thought what was interesting with that particular article is that they were talking about how they had made it to where the Pi can now access a cloud computing cluster. So it doesn't necessarily have to do all that processing on its own, which I think is pretty awesome. It takes the limitation of the Raspberry Pi, whose chip basically has the processing power of a smartphone that's somewhere around five, six years old, and instead takes a lot of that load off of it. So as long as it's connected to the internet, it can contact these offsite computers to do the computing for it, and it can do a lot more heavy lifting for that. Yeah, splitting the workload via that process helps it compute faster and compile data better and more efficiently and providing you a faster ping time on receiving it which in turn i think is great for a topic that we to some extent keep coming back to computer technology and ai and what that means for us as a species in the long run and this process of having that ability to use cloud data for processing and then there are programs that you can use to teach it how to recognize certain things or formulate things such as several experiments we've seen people use it on twitter all the time of like feeding it up x number hours of certain lines or movies or scripts and then have the ai write a script cloud Processing provides faster consumption of the data to analyze. You can feed it more in a shorter time, so it has a larger data point to build out its script or whatever you're asking it to do so it can learn faster. I think there's definitely going to be a threshold here where it starts learning how to find data to learn. And... I'm just excited but nervous about where that's going to lead because it's the unknown and, hey, the unknown. You can't prepare for it, so that's always nerve-wracking. But also, it's going to be amazing, guys. We should look forward to it. We should be like the hackers trying to make sure that some bad guy in a 500-story-tall metal tower doesn't take us down by dumping a bunch of oil in the ocean. Get him. So to lead us out from this technology conversation we've had, Manny, I want to ask, do you have a question for our audience? I didn't until that last topic. Audience, what is your perspective on artificial intelligence? When has it gone from a bundle of subroutines to something that may start needing to have its own rights established and defined. 
And my question, audience, is what is your favorite computer-themed movie? And remember, wear a mask, even if you've been vaccinated. Let's be kind to everybody. And don't touch your face. Wash your hands. And don't be on fire. Especially if you're the guy from that Hackers movie. (laughs) That's a bad idea. Please slap some funnies on our Banter BanterCast Facebook page. Or share mic facts with us on Twitter at banter underscore cast or individually at Brogar, C-R-E, for Manny. You can find me on Twitter at Mike8Time, the number eight. You can find Aaron at 8BitWizard. The eight is Roman numerical. The podcast cover art is brought to us by at EasyLouisey, based off of original art by at Bobbin underscore Goblins. And last but not least, the intro and outro to this episode is the most mysterious song on the internet. Get into your mystery machine and help us find out who created this magic.